Here we go. Podcast 51, February 28th, 2021. Sunday, last day of the month. A lot of stuff. I'm going to try to get this done ASAP. I have about 18, 19 different articles here. And that's, uh, if you just put that for one minute, that's, there's almost 20. All right, so let's get to this. I guess the first one is uh, a lot of discussion about the NBA All-Star Game next uh, month in um, in Atlanta. A lot of stuff going on. They're going to do that no matter what. And look for a lot of discussions about the players and COVID, etc. Because no matter what, this is the players' money. That's why they're doing it. Uh, second item on here is... And I've got 18 of them. Ah, women's Final Four. The NSA uh, talking about the Women's Championship held in San Antonio. Uh, says ABC will carry at least six tournament games, which is a pretty big deal. And uh, they're going to have some doubleheaders on the 27th, 28th of March. But what's intriguing about that is in discussing, you know, of the uh, tournament itself, they've actually said that they're going to limit, they have a COVID plan in case uh, for the men and the women. Uh, once the bracket is finalized and released, teams will not be reseeded, nor will the bracket change. So uh, no matter what, if somebody gets COVID, they're pulling the team, your season's over, and you went through God knows what to, to help the NCAA pay their bills. Um, that's just how it is. So that's a big deal. And those are the two pieces about the women's final four. Uh, all the uh, all ACC men and women's basketball programs will use Connexon uh, uh, contact tracing devices during the conference tournament. What they do, and realistically, even though it's contract tracing, it is a fob that you wear, and they have, you know, um, I guess repeaters like Wi-Fi boxes all over the place. And it tells you where you are and who you're around, et cetera, et cetera. And they actually, professional teams use Connexon. I remember when, uh, it's a German company, when they came to the States probably about four or five years ago, uh, I had long discussions with them about their product. And uh, a number of NBA teams are now using it. So uh, they found an additional usage of their product because within a space, it does great tracking. It's not just a tracking device. It takes all your physical metrics and that's why some people are for it and some aren't because the players don't mind it for practice, but they don't want it for a game because they'll pros management could use that data against them. And just remember that individual data, not just your name, address, phone number, et cetera, all your data with Apple, all your stuff on phones, Gmail, all that. We didn't even get to the uh, player data and your statistics in a game. And we'll, we'll cover that in about a, uh, probably about a few more items further on. But that was a big deal. Um, now they're talking about, you know, uh, let's go to football. Because what's going on, as I mentioned before, EA Sports is going to bring back their game. And they cut a deal with the NCAA and the college marketing group. But the problem is, you know, nobody knows how the data and all the logos are going to be used because they did it through a third party. So now schools are pulling back, and over the last, I guess, four or five days, a number of schools have said, no, you're not going to use our data. And Jack Swarback, who's the AD of uh, Notre Dame, said that uh, Notre Dame's not going to use it. And he's like, nope, we're not going to do it. He says, uh, continues discussing his concerns regarding the Irish inclusion in the A sports college football game. Number one would be if we can't successfully keep uh, – keep this out of recruiting that would really be harmful college is the only place that doesn't have some way to control talent distribution talent distribution does he understand what he just said that is like beyond anything uh i can't believe that because that is a big no-no and why do i tell you that it's because even though the nca manual says they're looking to have uh the nca to cr create equality amongst its members but the, the membership dollars aren't the same, scholarships aren't the same, support's not the same. In fact, the HBCUs, uh, UCLA did a, uh, uh, 
I guess you would say, a real change thing and said, hey, we're going to schedule an HB, uh, uh, HBCU team in uh, one year and then the next year. What that does, they get huge payback for that. It brings relevance and a more claim to their programs. And that could shift college sports down the road if a number of athletes uh, really want to create a social statement. That's one of the things you do, but nobody wants to talk about that one. So that'll be intriguing, and I think it's a great thing. Um, because why shouldn't they benefit from that? I mean, you could the same concept goes with the the I hate to say this word, the Negro uh, major leagues. They were flourishing and doing great until Major League Baseball came along and all the athletes because of pay and all that went there. So you had that, you know, that, that league uh, be now a historical memory league, but at the end of the day, there are great athletes who didn't get uh, recognized. So maybe that could be a shift in collegiate sports in five years if the Power Five don't break away. And then it'll be based on who can get the talent which is what Swarbrick's complaining about, about EA, because the colleges don't know how they're going to get it. Is EA just going to take the, you know, the NCAA statistics as a pool? Well, if you're contributing more than another program to the football matrix, shouldn't you get more? And then, wait a minute, we didn't even talk about the players yet getting their fair share. Yeah, that's really, really tough. Um, he said they won't participate uh, until rules have been finalized governing the participation of our student-athletes, athletic director Schroback said um, the game will, can, will include logos, stadiums, uniforms, game day uh, traditions of more than 100 schools through a partnership with collegiate licensing company, according to a news release. They're working on it. EA Sports is pushing forward, and the institutions haven't even agreed on an institutional basis, not even a league or conference basis, because they could take their own metrics and create their own stuff. Or if somebody wanted to be disruptive, they could just just come into a new market on that. Enough on that stuff. A lot of people here don't really worry about that stuff. It's more of a basketball group, but it's important that you know because that, that what happens in football is going to happen in basketball, especially collegiate basketball, even though there's – NBA Y two K twenty one, but guess what? You're going to have the same thing for college basketball. Uh, football is big, but college basketball is going to be something you're going to have to figure out. Um, and this is intriguing. Schwabuck noted through all these discussions. Schwabuck also uh, did also note that the landscape of college football is rapidly shifting, which is what I just talked about, and that's why he mentioned it because. It is shifting. Let's get right now to some of the NIL um, stuff. I, a lot of you people have been following this. You know about the NIL, the Austin case coming up the end of next month, end of March. Uh, schools and institutions trying to figure it out. Why is that a big deal? All these states are coming up with new stuff. And uh, the Senator Moran from Kansas, he would allow college athletes to enter professional drafts and return to college. Duh, I, I think I wrote this seven, eight years ago and talked about it repeatedly where, you know, why shouldn't you go and get drafted? And you sh if, you, if you're even a month in training camp, you should have the ability to opt out and go back to college and not forfeit your stuff and just, you know, I mean, realistically, you just give up some of your NIL for that time. But then if you think about that, if you go to the draft – then you come back and do college, then your NIL increases for the college sport level. So this is going to be a real, a real mess because even there's some things I'm not even talking about yet that are I, I, I usually I try to think of what's good, what the possibility could be, and I don't have one for that. That's going to be one that's going to take a lot of negotiations, and if you think. Um, I guess we have to just figure out how the NBA data, player data, and team information goes to uh, EA Sports for their game, and are the colleges going to sit for that? And what's the payout to the to the to the pros? And does that go to the players' association to cover, you know, pensions and stuff and health funds, or 
what's I where's that go? And if that's true for them, could that happen for college sports? Is that could be a become part of a? They say, oh, we're going to create a medical pool. Good and bad. They're going to have to figure it out. I'm just bringing up questions that nobody is talking about, and, if, and nobody's even putting out there that there's questions that those questions need to be answered. So I said there's a lot of stuff here, um, and I'm only at uh, number number six. So I guess that's uh, uh, Senator Moran from Kansas. He goes, uh, he goes. They have the right to. It's a you know obviously grant athletes the right to enter a sports draft re- and retain their eligibility as long as they do not receive compensation compensation from a professional sports league team or agent. That's ridiculous. That's like, oh yeah, we're gonna let you have, we're gonna let you have a a, a bowl of soup, but we're not gonna give you the spoon, or we're gonna give you a spoon but no bowl of soup. It's it's dumb. Regarding NIL, athletes can sign endorsement deals as long as they don't violate the school's code of conduct. Basically, again, that's the old marketplace. So this guy is not really putting out there. This is a covert, yeah, we're for NIL, but no, we're going to make it not so comfortable. Uh, Recruits could sign the same deals as long as they are not considered recruiting inducements. Good luck for figuring that out. And just think if you lose a recruit, you don't think that's going to be brought up? The, the bill would also states that no college athlete shall be considered an employee. Wow. And protects the NSA from liability from former athletes retroactively seeking compensation. That means if today's players are getting paid, what about the old players? Well, they're not going to go away quietly. And some of these parents are those players. They're not only looking out for their kid, they have a right to say, hey, you know, I got nothing to now demand something for my kid. Why am I not getting paid too? Yeah, this is, uh, and this is going to drift down into high school athletics. And it's, uh, you can already see the footprints of where it's going. So I thought that was a big deal. And again, you know, I know that uh, Senator Murphy from Connecticut is the only one, again, who's mentioned prospective student athletes in his stuff. And I think it's important that, these senators uh, get an idea of what they're dealing with. And I, hopefully they're not using the time to try to bargain away what's going on with a lot of these kids and their futures. Um, the other one would be um, California Assemblyman Kaminger, Cam Langer, who is leading a char- change on uber-aggressive to California Bill AB609. If you're interested, go look it up. AB609 California, the bill. That would reshape how athletic departments in the in the state of California, but if it happens in California, it could happen in other places like a domino effect. Um, and it said uh, and, and rejects the notion that universities would stop participating in football. He basically thinks you know that I don't. He says I don't think people are about are going to give up their salaries because of this. I don't think colleges will eliminate their programs because of this. He told the San Jose Mercury, San Jose Mercury News. If I not remember correctly, the San Jose State had a bunch of issues about trying to drop some of their teams, which is a thing we'll talk about shortly when we get to like 16 or 17. Um, Cam Langer's bill would essentially classify athletes as employees, but but could also disproportionately impact students participating in Olympic sports that do not generate significant revenue. This is the old breakaway from... uh, Collegiate sports, of football and basketball, and four or five sports would be a nonprofit, become like a quasi minor league, NIL the name back from the universities, paid them a big portion of the TV bill to be able to fund non collegiate, excuse me, non Olympic, uh, to fund the Olympic sports that don't make revenue by making them club sports with a stipend or per diem to make those sports more even because the big money programs go away. Uh, this is a way for university through student funding, which I read a story where Oregon says, hey, we're paying $1.7 million for athletics and we didn't have a, any games to go to. And we, we, quote, bought those tickets. Well, we don't want to do that anymore. I think you're going to see a lot of pushback on student bodies to claim back their money from their student fees, especially when they're not going to school. Well, if they were doing this for Olympic uh, sports teams that don't have revenue, I think people would be more inclined to vote to give them the money instead of the programs that are getting all the money. 
that's something to be thought about in the future uh, because obviously nobody's talking about it and if they are people in charge are keeping it very quiet I thought that was uh, you know because Cam, Cam Langer the goal is to compensate the athletes for their work um, not my argument I'm just bringing it out there that these things are on the table so when they talk about NIL and the Supreme Court these are those other little side tributaries of of consideration and thinking that needs to go with it and we're already in 15 minutes uh, num here since you don't have athletics you have people repeating getting an extra year the NCAA usually has this uh, APR which basically says your athlete has to finish in four years and if they don't that your your school gets penalized your athletic department your team gets penalized it costs you XYZ and they always put this big display of underfunded schools that don't have all this support for their athletes not getting their kids to graduate blah 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 or if people leave early that's why you see these guys who are pros coming back because that counts against universities APR well guess what with all this transfer portal extra year stuff um, you know uh, half as people are going to uh, class online how can you do an APR so they're trying to they're, they approved a two-year suspension uh, of the public release of APR records due to the pandemic suspension of the public release Wow uh, that's gonna be a fight because they're public institutions people are gonna be doing that so because of that um, you know budgets are a big deal and I think I mentioned it but uh, Sports Illustrated ran a huge set of stories on uh, college budgets and the lead paper lead page was how colleges you know how colleges are surviving and they have an empty stadium with a football team going on there on the field and inside they talk about and obviously it was big enough because they had two two page spread on college budget snapshots and if you want to go on there you can you know put that up there there's two pages but that's a a uh, page uh, from the sports business journal and they basically went through what different level programs look like in terms of budgets some colleges actually cut staff cut budgets did a ton of stuff there's a reason why I bring this up and now uh, on the last page I had new college try adjust and adapt and that was a page up there too and it talked about the new reality of college budgets the reason I'm mentioning that is because of two things. One, I said in Podcast 50, so many athletic directors are leaving their job, getting out. They don't want to do it anymore because they're basically having to lay off their friends and, and, and impact you know collegiate sports, which they don't want to really be a part of, and it's getting harder. And one of the reasons just for is this going to be a part of the consideration for coaches going out in July? Yeah because it's going to be about not just the top pool. And I know every top coach, every top travel coach in the country is getting a phone call from that top college coach saying, hey, we can't wait to see you play. But again, there's not a lot of rides in 22. Those top kids are getting them, so those coaches are going to just follow those top teams. So how do you create a calendar for a possible July or go out in July and just reward the top 100 players and the rest of the sport is kaput? because you're going to have 300 events running on 30 days and you're going to have 300 scouting services trying to do it and you know 50 million streaming services and all these costs and everybody hasn't even discussed that yet and we will probably over the next couple of weeks even though a lot of people do not want me to have a conversation about that because they don't want you as a parent or player or as a college coach that may not be in the power circle to really have that conversation and if you are in that circle, it's not being done, and we hope it gets done, because um, it's really, uh, it's the worst situation in the next six months, and then 2022. I mean, again, 2020 was a mess. How do we, we can't go back to 2019. That's just not going to happen. That's a reality. But when talking about budgets, uh, you know, Here's one of the things that people aren't talking about. Hey, I'm going to go to the school to go play all these places. Well, a lot of schools don't want to go 
don't the athletic departments don't want you scheduling you know 10 road trips by charter plane they want you to take that charter bus and so obviously this year with people cutting back and even though the teams are some of them are playing men's basketball and they did it through football but obviously men's basketball plays more games in the course of a week and this was an intriguing piece they had a big article on that Colleges have not seen their chartered flight costs significantly decrease despite declines in commercial airline fares, according to Sportico's Karen and Libet. Well, that was where a lot of people usually tried to save money at a college level. Hey, we won't take that tra- uh, that flight. We'll take a bus. Well, it's you know to an hour for an hour and a half flight versus a six hour bus ride. Uh, yeah, I mean the significance of cost is great. And that we haven't even talked about that and that impact because if all those budgets got cut and coach and the athletic directors say, hey, why are we doing this? What college is going to sit there and say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm now back to eating hamburger after I used to have steak. And don't you think that's going to be used in recruiting? And didn't I say, hey, what's the, what's the motive, uh, one of the standard, one of the, I guess you would say rules? or bylaws of the NCAA is to create equality amongst its members. And I do have that, and I'll pull that up at a later point, another broadcast, because I did see that, and I was quite taken back because um, there was another comment on a NCAA violation. And, yeah, and it said uh, uh, they noted that, that the conduct violated NCAA rules and does serious harm to the integrity of college sports. Really? Really? And didn't Schwarbach talk about uh, that too? You know, there's some ways to control talent distribution. Those two statements, there you go. Okay, let's move on to the next one. We got that budget stuff. And since budgets are being cut and COVID's out there, how are they funding COVID? Well, they're doing a lot of university fundraisers. And what's interesting is that Stanford, which is a great institution, a very well-endowed, Ivy-level, well-endowed institution, uh, they came up with a, uh, members of a 36-sports-strong group of Stanford alumni raised $40 million in conditional pledges to support programs recently discontinued by the Cardinal. Wow. And, the, um, you know, they have, this is kind of funny, but uh, Jen deserves her, her better praise in the arcade, but, but as former women's basketball standout, uh, how about a U.S. Olympic player? Jennifer Azey notes, and I saw her play in high school in Tennessee, and she was amazing. Also saw her at the uh, 96 Olympics in Atlanta play on the USA team. She writes, uh, I think we're living in a world now where if people who are strong aren't taking a stance for those who don't have a voice, it's easy for something like this to happen, and it's flat out wrong. And then women's soccer alumna and two-time World Cup champion, Fowdy, you know, the they mentioned her, she's a World Cup, but they didn't mention an AZ as an Olympian. Uh, Fowdy adds, for university, uh, so many look for for guidance and how to run programs and create this broad-based approach. And if we're hacking sports out of the picture and setting that precedent with all the money we have and endowments, then what does this mean for other universities? Bingo. That's why the Dartmouth AD left. The women's coach just left. Um, And uh, they're cutting programs there. Another, I think it was Iowa, they have a big issue there with cutting programs. This is, these teams are going to court. Uh, what is it? Um, I think Brown had a big issue a few years ago, and then it was resolved, and they're coming back. And I mentioned it probably on Pat, one of the podcasts in the 30s. So this is not going away, and nobody's really talking about it because the media is not too interested in, in it because um, everybody wants to have their football tickets on the weekend. So they don't want their, their media credentials whacked out. All right, so that take care of that one for budgets. Um, And this is why it's important, because there was a big article in Sports Business Journal about the Ivy Leagues and people complaining, oh, you shut it down too early. Well, Harvard, which is uh, one of the first universities to do a lot of innovative stuff, Harvard AD McDermott outlines three possible scenarios for the fall 2021 
athletic season pending the trajectory of the pandemic conference-only competition. Expanding Ivy League and regional competition or full competition that includes non-conference play and long-distance travel. Ivy seasons in the fall, I would hope, is pretty assured. We would hope that we are actually in a better position than that and are able to do some things beyond the Ivy League. Let's think more locally, regionally, and for those other games. Probably best to be fairly conservative as we think about those non-conference games. It could be that going to the West Coast is very possible. At the same time, it might be not the case where we can do that yet. That tells you the number one priority, which I mentioned a while back in the fall, and people don't want to hear it, is the priority of the university presence is going to be to get their students back in class, back on campus, back in the dorms, to have a university life. That's going to mean that the COVID vaccination plan is going to have to mean you want to return to college, get a vaccine. Otherwise, guess what? Maybe you have to go online. Maybe you're virtual. Don't know. Um, that's going to be personal decisions. But uh, the universities need to create a safe environment. You really think parents are letting that go down? Where it's like, hey, my kid's got a COVID shot, which is something we'll talk about shortly because everybody says, yeah, we're going to be good. Yeah, everybody's getting vaccinated. And I just had some long discussions today about some of that. And I was like, well, what's really going on? And I'm looking for this. Um, yeah, they t and basically they're talking about the health of the athlete. And that leads to uh, the next one. And this is why I mentioned it. The FDA has released documents which indicate Johnson Johnson's COVID vaccine is overall safe and 86% effective against most severe outcomes. Wow, 86. Wasn't Moderna and Pfizer like in the 90s? So you're taking 10, 12% less effectiveness just because it might be cheaper or one shot or whatever. Um, hey, you know, who's accepting that? And some are saying, oh, well, you only need one shot. Don't take, you know, you, you don't need to. You can take one. You think people are sitting for that? No. So um, everybody's talking about how much vaccine is going to be out there. But what nobody's talking about is what's going to be the status of people who aren't vaccinated or if you do, can it come back? And the reason I mention this, uh, 14, Moderna is being in clinical trials of a booster shot to protect against the South African variant of COVID-19. And that's like, what, maybe three or four days ago? And the latest news, it was like, like two days ago, is about how there's a new variant coming out of New York City. I guess they'd be, I would, nobody wants to, none of, the, none of the media, the favorite media from last fall, they don't even want to call it North uh, New, New York variant. That'll flip people out, especially all the people who, all their motivations. But the bottom line is that there's a new variant out, and they say it's, it has two different markers. And just if you're a parent or coach, administrator, watch, go watch those additional reports and see what the what the change is to COVID. And I hate to say this, but they're also saying that maybe this is like the flu shot that you have to get every year. I know I get a shot every year for flu, and I guess there'll be more of it out there. But no matter what, some people uh, die from not getting the flu shot because they get pneumonia. And same thing because of COVID. If you don't, you could end up dying from that. And they'll blame COVID or blame people but it, you know it's a super flu bug um we just haven't nobody's really gone to bat to talk about the other mini pandemics that happened i think it was 57 and 63 or 62 somebody could look that up but this has happened before we're at 500,000 deaths i think they were at two two or three hundred thousand and nobody really talked about it because the normal year is like in the one something or two somethings so this is a double so uh, we need to uh, just watch what happens. I don't have answers for it. I'm just bringing information because the more information you have, the powerful you can feel about how you make your decisions. Uh, and I think that's important. Um, but the Moderna, I mean, really, um, I know a booster shot. So does that mean a third shot or they change your second one? 
That'll be interesting. Um, and this goes with Harvard and the pace of vaccination and student athletes uh, coming back to college, which is a priority, and along with keeping the student athletes healthy to finish out the men's and women's final four. So the payday, which they're already talking about $631 million payout if they do the TV deal. So that tells you they can't afford a second year. So no matter what, the college basketball is going to happen at the playoffs for the NCAA. Um, Oregon State AD Barnes indicates it would be entirely up to coaches and student athletes where they receive a COVID-19 vaccine as to when those who wish to be vaccinated can do so we based on availability. There's a suggestion that there's going to be a bunch more in late spring and early summer. But in terms of whether it happens next week or next month, don't know. Yeah, which means they haven't even formulated a plan. Everybody wants to talk about herd, immun herd uh, Im immunity. What does that mean? So if I'm not in a herd, uh, I'm like, okay, fine. We can go back to normal. That ain't happening. Uh, I think even uh, people in government have said that you could end up wearing masks right through Christmas time uh, this year, which wouldn't surprise me. And um, that's just how it is. Let's hurry up and get this finished up. Um, this is rather long. I don't like to go too long anymore. The Institute for Diversity and Ethics in Sports Tides released its 2020 College Sport Racial and Gender Report Card, which awarded an overall grade of C plus with a racial hiring grade of a B and a gender hiring grade of C plus. I I mean I remember it is worse than this, but a but a grade of a B. That's significant change, but again, some people want change now, and some people aren't patient for it, but and rightfully so, but the change is going to happen. As I said before, probably back uh, three months ago, watch CNBC in the morning. And just watch every TV commercial. It's not just about um, what you see. It's the optics of what it's trying to tell you. That what happened with people breaking in the stores in the summer, you know, promoting a cause, is not the optic of who those people are. And when you watch the TV commercials, they're everyday people. And the people who don't have will say that doesn't represent me. And the people who have will say that represents me. So it's not about anything but uh, haves and have nots. And I've mentioned that many times here. And this is why basketball is beloved because it's an opportunity for those who may not have to, to basically become have people and to change their lives and their trajectory and their children and their grandchildren. That's why basketball is a good thing, because the biggest impact is here, uh, especially for female athletes of color, which is important. And this report talks about how, um, and it's a Lapchick Center, especially for racial hiring. Among the most important 16 categories we track by race, only two showed slight improvement. Two remained the same, and 12 had decreases for people of color. And that would be intriguing. Is that like assistant coaches because somebody lost a job, or is it what? Obviously, um, you have if you get a job, you got to be prepared. It's mentoring, etc. So we're going to have a lot of casualties on the way to it being a norm. You know, I kept uh, as I talk to people, I'm like, hey, nobody talks about uh, who's the best black male coach in professional football, and they're like, uh, let me think about who it is. I'm like, really? That's that makes a statement. And that's a proud, good statement because it becomes about what you get done. And I think over time, as more people get exposed to those things and gain more information, um, it's going to happen. Uh, may not happen at the speed people want it to happen, but it's going to occur no matter what. And meanwhile, as Lapchick noted, several categories decrease for people of color, including all student athletes across Division One, Two, II, and Three, from 34.4% to 31.7%. That is intriguing because is that D2 and D3? 
because that would be intriguing if they broke it out for D1. I didn't see the numbers. NSA office senior leadership from 23.6 to 23.5. And uh, D1 HCs for all men's teams from 15 to 13. On the women's side, D1 commissioners increased 30 from 30 to 33.3. That's huge. All student athletes across D1, D2, and D3 increased from 42 to from 42.2 to 44.4, and D1 HCs increased from 40 to 41. I mean, it's going up the ladder, as Dawn Staley mentioned back uh, months ago, that you know the representation happens to be in the sport where there's predominance, and that's going to take time because uh, I tell a lot of athletes, hey. Just don't play basketball. Just don't play um, football. But for girls, don't play just basketball. Go into other sports that you can use your, your speed and your strength with and become good at. And just don't just be an athlete, but go into coaching. And there are some coaches out there who are doing that, and I think that's awesome for them. Um, we're starting to get it done here. Um, started with the NBA. Let's get this finished up with the NBA. Um, the end, but this is, this was the, the next, the, this one is a big one. Um, and I was quite shocked about seeing this. The NBA will require college seniors to petition to leave for inclusion on the NBA early entry list in order to become draft eligible for 21 due to the new NCAA rules, granting every men's basketball senior an extra year of eligibility. So if they do it this time, why didn't they do it in the past? And why aren't they going to continue to do this afterwards? So that bill that the, somebody put up here is like moot because the NBA is doing it. They're just trying to use it as a way to put their thumb back down on the student-athlete. Um, the league does, has not yet set a deadline when athletes must decide to keep their name on the early entry list due to the safety and logical uh, logistical protocols. Prospects are not likely to begin their pre-draft process or have contact with teams regarding workouts or interviews until late May, early June. The NSA will also need to announce deadlines for when players must withdraw from the draft or opt in and out of their extra year of eligibility. And there are people worried about summer recruiting. Literally, this is bigger money, folks, especially if you're a men's program. I mean, you get your, you get your kids back and don't think people are going to be talking about getting you to um, stay an extra year. Okay, let's try to finish this up um, and keep it as tight as possible. Um, this is a big one. This is another one. Twitter announced we'll add a new feature called Super Followers, which allows users to change their followers to charge their followers for more content like newsletter subscriptions, badges showing support, or bonus tweets. The company also said it's experimenting with putting other features behind a paywall, including TweetDeck, which allows users to monitor large numbers of tweets in real time. That's basically Tweet slash YouTube slash Instagram slash what? Uh, everybody's going to monetize because everybody's trying to find money. And I mentioned that in the college budgets. I mentioned the last podcast how, you know, the NBA and colleges are going to have to start to use gambling as a way to get money we haven't even talked about the liquor industry i mean i know in some in some non-university owned places where the university plays they sell liquor well um is that part of the cost of doing business and i think we're going to have it's going to be funny because a lot of things are going to happen here a lot of people are going to want to hear from me like hey what's going on in the world of business and what's going on in the world of I shouldn't say business, but collegiate business, collegiate things that will impact basketball and collegiate sports because that will have effect on college basketball, which has effect on coaches, jobs, budgets, which has an effect on youth basketball. And even watch what the NBA does, you know, USAB, the shoe companies, um, especially Nike because they're the biggest player and they're never shy to tell you that. They're the dominant force in basketball. So do you really think they're going to allow anything to happen outside that purview? That's just business sense. So, and they, their partners are obviously USA Basketball and the NBA. So when you watch that, that triangle, 
that uh, triumvirate of power brokers, you know, that affects what happens down here at this level. And people and parents aren't usually aware that the things that really happen to them and their kids happens there first uh, behind the scenes. So uh, and those conversations are being had every day, no matter what anybody wants to say. Um, I just don't know what they are. But, you know, anybody can take out a dartboard or Ouija board, try to figure it out. And uh, let's close it up with this one. I got sent this. This is a very intriguing statement and look and interesting uh, view of the basketball, or I shouldn't say the footwear industry, which includes basketball and lifestyle shoes and performance shoes etc and if you get a chance um you can look i'll put it up here on the screen there's a full page uh or it was a page from the article and it had skylar diggins and candace parker and beyonce and venus uh serena williams and venus is in there too in the article and they're talking about black women are taking over this footwear industry these uh, stars in sports, music, and fashion uh, um, double uh, as designers, trend industries, and representatives of major brands. Um, that's intriguing. They mentioned it, but nobody mentions how much it's for. Uh, Skylar Diggins is interesting. I remember when she was in high school, and she was, I remember she was created around when she showed up at USJ and in DC and had to have like escorts. And, um, it was great. Every, all the girls loved it because that was the beginning of Twitter and everybody following before Instagram. And here, you know, she was with Nike. Then when she didn't get a basketball side, she got a fitness side. Now she's with Puma. Uh, the Guma K's were with Nike. They left to go to, uh, Adidas or one of them. And, uh, even though, even the Williams sisters, um, I think Venus went to K-Swiss and Serena State, obviously, because she's just ridiculous, goat, whatever. She's just flat and amazing. And um, she backs it up. So it's an interesting take. If you want to see that, you can Google that story and read it. And just so you know, that's a story. It's in one of those uh, soon-to-be paywall situations. It's a great story, but you wouldn't you would see that in the New York Times magazine, but nobody wants to pay for a newspaper. Who's going to pay the author? Who's going to pay for these type of stories down the road? Hey, you know, you tweet for two years and you get nothing for it. People are dropping out. As I said, Major League Baseball laid off 55 people. Uh, how we get news and information can't be through social media because there's too many there's too many we ways for people to be deceived. And some people want to be deceived, but social media will deceive you. It will tell you things that are not true. It will just put it out there and you have to decide, do you say that's not true? I'm not listening to it. Or what do you do when the ignorant masses just pile on and say, oh, yeah, I think that's uh, today's color is purple and tomorrow it's going to be green. And when you look out and you say, well, it's really a blue. Okay. Who's, who, who, wants to, who wants to go in and, and try to, I don't even want to say give an opinion, give some information and deal with it. But now it's like uh, our social discourse today is horrible. But like I said, um, journalists need to be paid. And I think social media is the worst place to get information unless you're getting information that's information that you can count on after a while to be of a valid statement um, because everybody's truth is how you want to paint it. So um, enough of that philosophy stuff. I'm just saying that um, social media is a dangerous place say, to get news. So hopefully the paywall will uh, mean that people have to curate what they listen to and what they get and what's the other statement? Well, I'm going to pay for what I want to hear. It's another scary one. It's why I'm sad to see newspapers and TV news change from the 2000s onward. You know, uh, you younger people, God bless. 
Um, are we done with the change in how I don't want to say the word news because that's that's a bad that's a bad word anymore. Just information. You can paint that any way you want. Um, we're up on the five, 45 minute mark. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this is where we are from because Periscope is discontinuing at the end of March. I got all my videos off of there. And I'll have to reload them on the YouTube along with the audios. Audios are available. I got that updated on Spotify uh, and Apple. If you want to listen to these, you don't have to watch these videos. And if you want to be notified when these come out, you can subscribe. You'll be able to get a notification when you do. Hit the bell. That's probably even better. Don't subscribe. Do whatever you choose. Hit the bell so you know. Or come back when you feel like it. You can go on, you know, listen to these when you feel like it. There's a lot of information. I try to give you guys a lot of um, information with possibilities and what it could mean. Because if you're not connecting the dots, one of my favorite phrases, then you're in trouble. If you're not trying to get to the future first, which is a statement that George Raveling has imbued upon me from day one of working with him and knowing him, then um, then you're failing yourself and everybody that counts on you to give them guidance. Uh, not you know and that information is sometimes guidance depending on how you want to take it. You know if you see water coming down the street and somebody says pick up your feet, you're like why should I listen to you? Okay. That's what we're talking about, you know. So over time, you get to trust what the news slash information you want to accept comes from. I know a lot of people on Twitter listen to this and uh, used to listen to this and pick out what they wanted, especially a lot of people who are important in this industry of, of basketball. And I think it'll still take some time for that to occur here. But nobody's doing this. Nobody. And there are some people that even I rely on in, in sports to watch what they, you know, to watch what information they're providing the general public. You know, because when you're in this business world, you can't give everything up. And I think there's a lot of exciting things to come in the next uh, weeks and over the next year. If we can get some semblance of sanity and communication within the power people of the sport otherwise um we're at a crossroads for basketball people want to tell you differently been doing this god he even hate to say the number but it's a it's it's approaching an obscene level of involvement which a lot of the people who may watch us or don't know but when you know i'm probably been doing this longer than most of the viewership has been alive and what does that tell you? Most of the viewership has not been alive as long as I've been doing basketball. And that's kind of crazy and annoying and upsetting. Because really, I'm still doing this. There you go. There you go. Thank you for your time. Enjoy this, uh, enjoy this podcast. It was a lot of information. Um, I had to do this because... There were too much was happening, too much information piling on that had to have important pieces. I'm thinking about trying to maybe do shorter versions and just do one topic. Um, I haven't even got a chance to go into a deep dive on the calendar. And that's a short conversation. And that's about a two hour conversation. So which one would you like to digest? Some people want to hear the big, the big in-depth story. Others want to hear... Just give me the just give me the general view blueprint. Just give me an executive summary. Thank you, Paul and uh, Dan, for that comment. Um, you know, an executive summary is interesting, but it doesn't help you sometimes with critical thinking when you have to make decisions. And um, you know, that's why I have to make some decisions. How much I want to put on here. It takes some time to think about this. I sat. And how to, I had like six pages of information and how to mark it up as to which one goes first, which one second, and then layer it in. And also to think about of the thousands of things that I read, what's of value to you to know? And trying to make sure that uh, if you're here just to find out about the calendar, um, the calendar's still up in the air. 
uh, the discussions and all that's still going on. Do I have a, a reasonable answer? No, because I think it's goes to a higher level of people trying to tell you what's going to happen in September and August versus July. Does everybody want to have it involved in basketball? Sure. Yes, we want to be out. The coaches want to go out. Okay. There's 10 events on the same day. Figure that one out. Oh, no, we're going back to the old calendar. We're only going to give you 12 days. Oh, no, we're going to give the shoe companies three extra ones like we did with the men's calendar. But then how did that get done? Oh, there's a lot of people you guys don't realize how that got done and why the calendar changed. Why, why do we have these days? And why do men have a different calendar from the women? Think about that one, about gender equity, NCA. Your statement about gender equity, we have two different calendars? Really? Um, absolutely insanity. There should be one calendar. It should be easy. It should be simple. It should be progressive. It should help parents. It should help coaches. If you want to do your job, go out. If you want to sit at home, sit and watch. You have access 24-7. That's the difference. What is better for the game and for the student-athlete? Not for the coaches, because if I'm making $3 million, I'm going to see five kids. I don't need anything. I just need five kids. That's all I need, five days, see five kids. And that's it. And that's what we're running into. So enough for this. Um, we'll drop in this another time. Maybe, maybe the next one will be a calendar. Hopefully, if not too much happens over the next week, except for a lot of athletic directors. Oh, yeah. God, it's, there never ends. You're going to start to see a lot of college coaches' jobs open, surprisingly open because some people will be fed up. Some people are being told you're not getting your budget, you're not getting your money back that you took a pay cut for. We're going to need to extend it next year because we didn't get as much NCAA money this year from football. So we got a little bit for basketball, but it's not enough because we have a deficit. You have to understand, most of the universities are running at deficits. So if they get back the money from 2019, then they're running at zero across the board. We spend what we get. But if they're at a, if they're at a deficit, they can't go back to that 2019 spend. They've got to maintain something like a quasi-2020 spend to be able to take the 2021 money and 22 money to bring the debt down. Yeah, that's the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. All right. Um, this is a long one. Thank you for the patience to listen. Here we go. YouTube, thank you. Uh, 51, and it'll be Apple and Spotify for the audio podcast if you want to listen to it. Thanks, everybody. And um, here we are, end of February. Bye.